Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am joined by Alex McPodar. She is the co-founder and CEO of Backyard Bookkeeper and just such an experienced entrepreneur juggling multiple businesses. But before we get into that, I really want to hear from you, Alex. What are three things that every entrepreneur needs to know based off of your experience? Um, number one, everybody should have a good relationship with financials because guess what? If you didn't have a good relationship before you started with finances, after you start your business, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Number two, I believe everybody should learn how to surround themselves. And I know this goes against all of your um, beings and it goes all the way into your bones, but be careful who you do business with. Um, uh-huh. I believe that I am not a big fan of doing business with my friends um, or family. Um, I have learned it from um, experience that that could go sour very easily. Yeah. Um, so learn how to surround yourself. In other words, learn how to hire, study, yeah. learn from the best in the industry on how to hire right. Hire as Gary Vee would say, and this is not an advertisement for him, but he's one of my mentors, hire fast, but fire faster. So yeah, um, yeah. don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid of good debt. That's again going with back to the financials. You have to have a very good relationship with money and you have to know what you want to achieve with that money. And that includes that. There is such a thing as good debt. And I learned it. Um, very, very deeply in the past couple of years, what it can actually do for your business. Okay, well, I'd like to probe into that a little bit before we get rolling into the other elements of what you're doing over there, because I think that there's a lot of people that are intrigued by that statement. So don't be afraid of good debt. You've had some really recent experiences. Can you share some more with us about what you mean there? Yes. Well, good debt can actually increase your business. You have to know what. So I'm not saying that start a business like I've seen so many entrepreneurs fail within five years because they start a business even within one year. They start a business and they have this idea. I need an office. I need office chairs. I need equipment. I need this. I need an awesome car so I can prove that my business is doing well, that's not good that. Do not go into that for that. You do not need an office. You do not need office chairs. You do not need a fancy car to be successful in business. But when it comes to hiring people and multiplying your efforts and multiplying yourself, yes, go into that. Go into that to hire people. Go uh-huh. into that to buy assets. Go into that in anything that doubles or triples your business within a short period of time. Excellent. Yeah. And so when you're talking about doubling and tripling your business, would you then also extend that into go into debt to to acquire uh, competitors, to acquire market share as well then? Is is that, um, would that fit into that category? Yeah, well, those are stages of business growth, right? The first stage is starting out, focusing on cash flow. Second stage is starting to hire people and doubling your efforts. Third stage is to, and usually that comes around your first million when you're making, when you start thinking, well, 
I gotten all the way here by myself. How can I, how can I really double and triple my, my business? And that's when you start thinking about acquiring other businesses, open up other businesses, you know, instead of, especially in this B2B business or service business, our assets are really our client list, right? So yep. to really have assets, you have to start buying assets, which includes an office building, granted out, uh, partner up with other people, put lawyers into the same building and stuff like that. In service business, you have to buy your assets because yep. your assets are really only on paper. So yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, I like that approach, and uh, and thank you for sharing that distinction as well between good and bad. Okay, so in terms of your business, as I introduce you, you are the uh, co-founder and CEO of Backyard Bookkeeper. Um, so I think the name says it all, but I want to hear a little bit more about what it is that you do, what problems you're trying to solve, what makes you guys unique as well compared to other bookkeeping companies. So the number one um, that makes the number one difference between us and other book bookkeeping companies is that I I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right, which is that there is not another big only bookkeeping company in the nation in North America like us, which means usually bookkeepers are a mom and pop shop where they may have it's one uh, one bookkeeper maybe has a couple of helpers, but we're up to 45. At some point, we were up to 50 people in our company. Wow. We That's actually great. learn how to scale, to take that knowledge of one person and divide it in between 50. And the goal is to have hundreds and hundreds of people working for us. So we're not stopping. And the thing is, other accounting companies um, like our size, usually they have multiple services, multiple streams of income is not focused on just one service. We are strictly focused only on bookkeeping. And that's what makes us different than anybody else. We really only stick to what we're good. We do not do taxes. We do not do CFO work. We have partners for all of those if yeah. our clients ask for it. So yeah. um, I think that's that's one of the biggest thing is that we we learn how to scale our business. How yeah. to make it work, how to train people. Yeah. And it's so the name is a little misleading in the sense like backyard bookkeeper makes it sound like it's just a mom and pop, but this is this is quite the enterprise you've got going on here. So good on you for growing it to that size. And the growth goals that you have are really exciting. So a question that I have for you then is what do you think yes. it's going to take to get from your current size at 40 to 50 uh person uh firm to the hundred plus? person firm, uh, what challenges are you going to have to overcome to scale now to that, that next 50 people to add to your team? Um, number one, good systems. Um, this yeah. year, for example, our goal was not, our goal was not um, growth. Our goal was to oil. I believe that any car that you have, it doesn't matter how old the car is. If you do the oil changes frequently, you're almost yep. never going to have a problem with it. So this yep. year was the year where we were at the beginning of the year. I said, our goal is to figure out our systems to be able for those systems to support the growth next year. And yeah. next year means more hiring. And we are in that stage where we're actually 
looking for other bookkeepers who might want to retire, maybe CPA firms, um, other businesses that might want to join us. So we are in that stage of the next step needs to be not bringing in three people, but bringing in maybe 10, 30, 40, 50 people within one year. Yeah. Yeah. So mergers, acquisitions, it sounds like is going to be probably what's going to fuel the majority of that growth in over the next 12 months. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Really exciting. So now when you're thinking about that, um, have you, I guess I should back up. Have you completed any mergers and acquisitions already within the bookkeeping space? Uh, not really. I mean, we, asked other people to join us, but you yeah. know, I don't like to call it poaching because I don't do that, but we had discussions with other people to come join us. At some yeah. point they did join us. So, but no, we have not gone out yet to okay. um, buy other businesses. So there's a lot of people that I think, um, you know, are trying to figure out how they are going to make their their goals as well, reach their goals over the next 12 months. Um, you know, we're rounding out the end of 2023, going to be starting 2024. And so uh, that growth might, in their mind, be coming from mergers and acquisitions as well. Um, what have your, what's your thought process been around that? Are you going to bring in a specialist that's going to support you on that and really guide you through that process since it's a you haven't done that quite yet? Um, or is it something that you feel confident you're going to be able to accomplish without that support? I'm just curious um, as to how you're navigating through this goal of yours. Um, so my number one goal is always to create jobs. And so whatever it takes me, to make that happen, I will make it happen. If that means I have to go out and get businesses that will allow me to bring in the people who want to keep their jobs, I will do that. Um, but this is something that I've been planning for the past couple of years that eventually we're going to get to a, a stage where we will have to join forces with other companies. We yep. have, I think the number one thing is to educate yourself. So the past couple of years, me and my business partner have spent quite a lot of time studying on how to do it. Um, and then we surrounded ourselves with some really amazing partners that have done it before. They just okay. never done it in the bookkeeping space. They usually do it in like the accounting, bigger picture accounting space, like CFO, um, CPA services and stuff like that. And also I've been watching the market. There is a lot of baby boomers right now that yeah. want out. They want yeah. to retire and they don't have no idea what to do with their business, right? I'm talking about mom and pop shops that have a huge client list, but their CPAs, their uh, kids don't want to take it over. They think it's boring. So I want to go for those people, you know, hire, uh, maybe um, buy some of the CPA firms, keep the bookkeeping for ourselves and then give the CPA work to our partners. Yeah. Yeah. Spin it out. So I, I'm curious. So, uh, think out of ahead. the box. I guess that's my real answer. I think, think out of the box, like how can you do it? with help you should as an entrepreneur you should know that you're not alone if you yeah. think that you're alone in any of your goals or if you think you're the only one who can achieve your goals then you're not gonna achieve them you have to think out of the box if you don't have the resources bring in partners 
Yeah. 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 And, and that goes back to surrounding yourself, right. With, uh, with the right people, whether it's partners or, or employees and so on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also curious. So those baby boomers, like you mentioned, who are at the end of their, you know, careers, they're wanting to retire, sell their business, whatever the case might be. Um, there's probably a lot of them looking at the changes that are happening so rapidly, uh, in your space, I presume, around AI and the impact that it's going to have on businesses. Um, I know in our industry, there's a significant impact. I'm curious what your thoughts are with regard to what you anticipate is going to be the impact of AI on the bookkeeping industry and how you're managing that risk. So um, we've been in business for 15 years. So we've seen the trends coming and going and happening and not happening. Let's just yep. go from like, you know, quick in to QuickBooks and then from QuickBooks desktop to um QuickBooks Online, like 10 years ago, you would have asked my business partner about QuickBooks Online. She would have told everybody, keep yourself away from it. But we've seen how AI has changed it and how it made our life easier. Number one, AI is not coming for our jobs. Its purpose is to make our lives easier, right? Um, There are different levels in the accounting. um, And as my business partner would say, the baseline, which is just the data entry, but a good bookkeeper, this is this is one thing that we're trying to change and disrupt. A good bookkeeper is not just a data entry person. It's not just somebody who goes, takes the data and puts it in. It's somebody who knows how to reconcile your bank accounts. It's, it's somebody who knows how to talk and teach you the language of financials. It's somebody who teaches you on how to read your financials, how to make your goals. In some cases, that's the person who can do basic forecasting for you. Right. And so we before our clients, we are more than just data entry people. And I think AI, the first step that is going to come after is this automation of the data. Right. Where you go to your bank account, you download your statements and it automatically will be able to categorize it. That doesn't mean it will be able to reconcile the account. That's a completely different level. So I believe our jobs are still safe for a while. If we, and especially with Backyard Bookkeeper, my goal is, this is what I was telling you earlier, my goal is to teach all of our bookkeepers and all of our staff members to know how to stay not ahead of AI, because it's going to be impossible. Sooner or later, it's going to be impossible. But be behind it, which means work very closely with those people, those um, producers or creators or developers who are making the AI smart. And we yeah. hope that those pe- those uh, developers will come to us and ask us about our experience, all of the softwares that we have already worked in and seen the trend of AI coming already into the accounting industry. And that's one of my other companies that we actually focus on is um, consulting these AI developers on yeah. how to make accounting AI better, you know, and accurate. That's very important, accuracy. Yeah, well, yeah, especially in what you do, right? So, I mean, that is just paramount. And right now, AI has what they're calling hallucinations, right? Where they, it's 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 very, very confident in telling you lies sometimes. And so we got a ways to oh, really... Yeah. 
get to a place where we're going to be able to rely on the accuracy, I think. Uh, but uh, it's definitely coming and it's coming fast. And so there is going to be the impact. And so I like I like what you're saying in terms of of uh, and I, I've never heard that before. Uh, instead of being in front, we're going to be behind but we're going to be very much involved in in hopefully the crafting of this or the evolution of it so it really serves our industry in the best way possible and so that's really smart and and it, and it you know harkens back to a comment that i heard somebody say the other day where they were saying you know what ai isn't going to come and take your job what ai is going to do is it's going to empower somebody to take your job and nine other people's jobs because it's just going to really supercharge your abilities and so you as a firm you know you're really wanting to make sure that those uh, employees that you have are all supercharged with ai and so it sounds like you are uh really looking at it in the right way so good good for that um and in terms of um you know your entrepreneurial journey i'm i'm I know before we hit the record button, you were saying, you know what, I've, I've been an entrepreneur now since I was actually a child. So uh, talk to us a little bit about your, you know, uh, the, the origins. When did you get bit by the entrepreneurial bug and, and how did that all come about? I believe that everybody has a different um, motivation to become entrepreneur for some. Yeah. Of, some people are inherited from their parents and they have no choice. Um, for other people, it's a need. And for me, it was a need. Um, I was born in Romania. We moved after the 89 revolution to Hungary. Um, my family was not very financially wealthy. I don't like to call myself, I mean, we were poor, right? Based on Eastern European standards, but compared to other countries, we had a good life. Um, mm. But yet my parents didn't have money to buy me the newest um school supplies or books or everything so i had to figure out very early on how i'm going to make that happen or they didn't have money to pay for um lunch or breakfast at school so i had to figure out for myself how to make money and one of the ways i did it was i don't know if you remember in the 90s there were those uh, phone cards yeah, we went, that's AI in itself. If you think about it, we went from coins to cards now, digital cards that you plugged in on the, on the, in the phone on the street, right? And because we were calling back and forth our family from Hungary to Romania, we made lots of international calls. I had a lot of those cards, and there was a trend at some point where those became collectibles. So I would sell them in school to my classmates. And that's hmm. how I started becoming an entrepreneur by selling those cards and figuring out which ones had good value. And I always had breakfast or yeah. I always had school supplies. Yeah, that's so cool. So that's where it started. Yeah. And so now you're a bit of a serial entrepreneur, though. And like right now you're you have four businesses, right? Is that, that correct? Yes, that's correct. One is consulting. The other one is payroll which of course goes hand in hand with back uh, with bookkeeping. Um, yeah. But one of the reasons why we, we have it separate is because we want to make sure that, you know, in bookkeeping, you can make a mistake and you can go back and you can fix it and you can communicate it with the client. But if you make a mistake in payroll, 
that's so much bigger uh, liability, right? Yeah. So we want to make sure yeah. that we are very careful with what we're doing. We want to make sure that our people are getting the right kind of training in the right kind of industries, right? So the other one is in education. We actually just launched this year our bookkeeping academy, and our goal is to become accredited within five years or be acquired by a certain company that I will not disclose its name. That's my business partner's goal. My goal is to just grow it as big as I can. Yeah. So those are the four things. One is consulting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So a question for you, when you have that many things on the go, how do you stay focused on any one of them? Like, do you find that you get spread too thin or do you have mechanisms, uh, systems in place that allows you to basically split the mind share uh, amongst all those ventures? Oh, this is a very hard lesson to learn. Number one is, um, it doesn't matter how many, well, no, I will go back. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. how many people you hire to do a certain job. If you, as the visionary of the business, you're not able to communicate your vision to your people, they will not get it. And even when you communicate it, they will still not get it because at the end of the day, for them, it's a job. For you, it's your livelihood, right? Yeah, you're not yeah. just responsible for yourself anymore. Once you hire somebody, you're responsible for that person and their right. family. So it's it's yep. it's it's a hardship on you, right? So for me, often it's hard because I want to focus on so many other things, um, but I always have to come back and think about my people. Number one, so. Mm -hmm. This is where the systems come in place. Uh, one of my favorite books that we don't often talk enough about is the Emit. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, I have, yeah. Why yeah. most businesses fail within five, year, five years by Michael Gerber. That's my business Bible, right? Um, having the right systems and making sure that you, you understand what kind of hats you want to give people is very mm. important. And once those systems work together and the people understand your mission then you have more freedom to go do other things but yeah. first you have to focus on the systems and how you can duplicate your efforts how you can duplicate yourself and your vision and give it back to the people that are responsible for it yeah yeah so exactly that's, that's what and i can hire right you know that was my first learn how to higher right and how to surround yourself with the right people. I, I, I'm telling you, backyard bookkeeper would be nothing if you wouldn't have learned how to hire. And our first hire was a disaster, but we learned <laughs> from that lesson and we, you know, we figured it out how to do it better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the thing about the systems that I just wanted to go back to and just comment on that is that this is something that, you know, as, as listeners, you really have to take this in because, um, there is no successful scaled business that does not have, you know, some sort of core systems in place. And this is something that I think trips up so many entrepreneurs as they're going down their journeys is that they don't spend enough time really thinking about that. And and you're just such a great example, Alex. Like there's just no way that, um, you know, I could run four, you know, three additional businesses um, if I didn't have well-oiled uh, systems. And so that just as a reminder to me, it's like I have a hard time running this one. 
I need to get better at the systems. The key is, it's not even like you can bring in AI, you can bring in softwares, you can bring in whatever, but if those are not replicable, your business is not replicable, which means nobody yeah. can yeah. replicate it by you, but yeah. you, you know, so yeah. systems, yeah. but replicable, replicable systems. That's the key. Yeah. Well, this has been just a fascinating conversation, Alex, and I wish that we had more time. I knew you have to run right away. And so I want to respect your time. But if anybody wanted to connect with you, um, where do we send them? How's the, the best way for them to do that? If they want to connect with our with our business and they need yep. bookkeeping and they need accounting help, we have all kinds of accounting solutions. The Backyard Bookkeeper only focuses on bookkeeping, but we have CPAs, CFOs, and controllers and everything at their disposal. They can go to backyardbookkeeper.com. Um, if they want in particular to uh, connect with me, they can find me on LinkedIn. Just type in my last name. There is nobody else with that last name and they can mm -hmm. find me. This was such a pleasure, Lance. I would love to have a longer conversation, especially yeah, about AI. Oh my goodness. We can have yeah. a whole entire hour about it. <laughs> well, we're going to have to have you back because yeah, I want this conversation to go a little bit longer. And so um, I know that's un un unfortunately not the case in this in this instance. But uh, thank you so much for your time, Alex. And for everybody who's listening, if you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find all of our archives of entrepreneur stories, as well as uh, other podcasts. And also, if you are interested in learning more about what it takes to go to grow your business in 2024. We have a symposium that we're hosting. It's completely free. We brought in 12 experts who are going to virtually teach us the things that we need to know and understand and the tactics, the skills, the, the, the tricks of to grow our businesses in 2024. It's happening December 5th, 6th, and 7th. Head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find some details on that as well. So thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate it. Everybody have a prosperous, wonderful day. Bye.